Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Well, blessings, everyone. It's good that you've joined together today with me on the Word Podcast. This is Dale, and I do thank you so much. I tell you, we've just had the best time and had some good feedback from some folks about what's happening here. It's very, very simple, so I encourage you to pass the Word with everyone. We're just spending a few moments every day, usually less than 10 minutes, examining the Word of God and saying, Lord, what is it that you have to say to us? What is happening? What is the context of the Word? You know, a lot of us hear a lot of teaching and a lot of preaching about things, but quite often uh, the context is left out, and that's really rather important. So that's what we seek to do. What we've been looking at uh, from the beginning is the book of Galatians in the first chapter of Galatians. And so I have several verses I want to go through in our time today. So let's get started with it. Uh, Yesterday, we were examining what Paul was saying about himself, of how God has set him apart from his mother's womb until the time that it pleased God to reveal God's son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to him. And that Paul was called to preach. But even though he was called to preach unto the Gentiles, he did not immediately turn around and go and consult flesh and blood or go to Jerusalem uh, to check out with the apostles what he's supposed to teach or what he's supposed to do. But what he did was he went and spent time with the Lord uh, in Arabia. And so, uh, as I mentioned before, I think that he's given a lot of detail here in the first and second chapter of Galatians about himself as a defense about things that were being said about him. Now, we don't have the things that were being said about him. It's sort of like a, uh, a spiritual jeopardy type of thing. We have the response right here, but we don't have what the actual accusation was or what was being said about him. But we can make really strong inferences from the way that he was responding and what he was saying. So he's uh, explaining what had happened in his life because some people had drawn that into question. We've already seen the first chapter that people had come into these churches in Galatia and that they had propagated a false gospel. And part of that false gospel that they were bringing forth, uh, part of the strategy was attacking the messenger of the gospel, which was Paul. And I'll tell you what, folks, the same thing happens today. You're going to be amazed as we continue through Galatians of uh, the things that they were doing with this different gospel and how they were saying it and what the strategies were. The same thing happens within the body of Christ today. And that's the reason that I think that this uh, uh, portion of the scripture is so, so important for us. So let me pick up in verse 18 of Galatians 1. It says this, Then three years later I went up to Jerusalem to become acquainted with Cephas and stayed with him about 15 days. So this is Paul uh, giving uh, an outline of what happened with him. There's great debate about how long and what time period this three years was. Well, obviously it was three years. I think it is likely that it's three years from the point of time that he was saved when he had the Damascus Road experience, three years after that that he went up. I used to always say that, um, that he was in Arabia for three years, but that wasn't quite correct. A portion of that three-year period, he was in Arabia, but it wasn't the entire three years. The only reason that it's maybe a viable discussion is because it does have something to do with the timing of some other things that we'll see later on. But for right now, I'm just saying it's three years like what it says here in the Word. And the point and the purpose of going to Jerusalem was to become acquainted with Cephas. And I think it's really important for us to understand and remember 
that Paul was the contemporary of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, he was probably in rabbinical school when the Lord Jesus Christ was alive. We do know that he was holding the clothing of those that were stoning Stephen. Okay? So he would have known of Cephas, who is Peter, uh, known about him, but now he wanted to become acquainted with him. So he went and he spent 15 days. Then verse 19 says this, But I, I did not see any other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. Now that's sort of interesting because why why is he being uh, why is he explaining the fact that he didn't see other apostles? Well, there's probably some stuff that we'll start gleaning related to all that. Likely there was something being said that Paul was again trying to ingratiate himself to these groups, that he was trying to ingratiate himself to the uh, uh, people in Galatia by bringing the gospel to them, the gospel of grace which would have been very exciting to them, but it wasn't the complete gospel. That's what the Judaizers were saying. And then they, apparently there were people that were saying, well, he was just trying to get in good graces with the apostles. He said, I didn't even meet with any of them. He said, except for James, the Lord's brother. And that's really interesting because James, the Lord's brother, was not one of the original 12 apostles. You know, quite often we hear the phrase apostles, we think it's just the 12 and that's it. But when you look in Scripture, you find out there's at least uh, seven other people, I believe, that are called apostles or referred to as apostles. The 12, okay, the 12 do have a special role, a special place, a special calling. If for no other reason for what we see in Revelation about them, that certain things are built upon the pillar of them, okay? And so I, I, I will grant you that. But there are others that were called apostles then and that do have an apostolic calling today. Now, I know, I know there's a lot of folks that say, well, no, that was just for a time back then and that when certain things happen, we no longer have a need for them. I think that is a very, very detrimental teaching within the body of Christ. It's referred to as cessationism, that certain things have ceased to be. And so we don't have the need uh, for an apostle or a prophet. We don't have the need for certain spiritual gifts. Yeah, they had it back then. They had that need then, but we don't have it now. And the Word of God does not say that. Now, people who teach that, who preach that, they'll come back and say, well, the reason we don't need it is because we have the completed Word of God today. Well, thank the Lord that we have the completed Word of God today. But that has nothing to do with the Lord pouring out the gifts of His Spirit as He desires and when He desires to do so. As a matter of fact, we'll probably do a series on the gifts of the Spirit at some time in the near future, and we'll see that. But in a, <laughs> Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and... Uh, Ephesians 4, 1 Peter 4, you see about spiritual gifts. And particularly in Ephesians 4, you see that the Lord has granted gifted individuals, okay, gifted individuals, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. He's granted these gifted individuals for the building up of the body of Christ. And that this will occur until we reach the unity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that right there in and of itself just begs the question, have we reached the unity of the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, not yet. We're still growing into that. We're still, you know, learning how to manifest that. And I think part of the reason that we do not function in unity in the way that we're supposed to. Now, remember this. Unity is not something we have to seek. By definition, true believers are unified. 
because we have the spirit and we're unified. We're told not to quench the unity of the spirit. We don't have to try to attain it and seek it. We have it. We just have to function with it. But I think one of the reasons that we have a problem with it is because we've rejected what the Lord has given for that. We've rejected the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. We've rejected that role, that functioning, those gifted individuals, and all that is entailed with building up the body of Christ. So Paul is letting them know that he didn't see any of the 12, but he saw the Lord's brother, and the Lord's brother is considered to be an apostle. Uh, let me read one more verse right here. We'll be done with our time. Verse 20 says this, and this is actually a parenthetical statement. This is in parenthesis. Paul says this, Now, in what I am writing to you, I assure you before God that I am not lying. That's interesting. The debate had become so serious had become so intense there that he felt the need, empowered by the Spirit, to let them know, hey, what I'm telling you right here, I am not lying to you about this. So obviously some people were accusing him of false statements. Some people were accusing him of lying. You know what? Nothing much changes, does it? If you start living the way that God wants you to, you start functioning the way that the Lord is calling you to do, I can guarantee you that you will encounter these kind of things. The Lord himself says that uh, through Paul when he's writing to Timothy. He said, all who desire to be Christ-like, all who are pursuing to do this, will undergo trials and tribulations and persecution. The question for us today is, are we willing to live the way that the Lord has called us to live regardless of regardless of what type of trials and persecutions come our way. I tell you what, I better stop right there. We'll pick up here tomorrow, okay? I'll see you then. Bless you.